Hello and welcome to the 93rd episode of the Whispers in Dark podcast. This one has been a long time coming. The last one we did was based on our initial preview and first look at Resident Evil 7. And now we've actually all here played Resident Evil 7 and this podcast is going to be an accumulative review of that game because it came out and it destroyed expectations. Like, holy shit. Resident Evil 7 is really, really good. Uh, that seems to be the consensus here. Um, I know, personally, I loved it. So today I am joined by Whitney. Hi. Destiny. Hey, guys. And Rourke. Why, hello. And, of course, I am your host, CJ Melendez. So let's kick this off. We uh, put a questions post up about what we think uh, the community wants to ask us. They sent us some stuff. So I guess I'll start off with a question from Andreas. Resident Evil 7 puzzles were too easy, especially compared with the old Resident Evil games. RE Water Sample Puzzle, for example. Do you think developers in general think gamers of today are not smart enough? Hmm. Well, yeah, the puzzles were super easy. It was mainly, you know, turning pictures and turning objects to make a shadow puppet. Yeah, I felt like the puzzles in RE7, they were overly simple, but I think as a start... It was a good way for them to kind of reintroduce the importance of puzzles in the series. I found that, I mean, there was a good puzzle, the birthday um, tape and the DLC. One of the uh, DLC contents bedroom was a giant puzzle, which is really good, too. I don't know if we're going to go into that. We will. um, For people listening, the first initial part of the podcast will be spoiler free. We're going to make a nice little alert when we're going to start talking about spoilers. So you can listen happily and not worry about anything you have yet to play the game. But, you know, it's not just Resident Evil lately with kind of lackluster puzzles. It's been a lot of games. Like, I guess they don't want players to get frustrated or something, so they just it does feel sort like of make it of, easy. Sorry. It does feel like a lot of AAA games are moving away from the hard puzzles, and it, I, I find myself constantly wishing that they would go back to something like some of the Silent Hill games that let you choose. Like the Shakespeare puzzles? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's not even just that. I wish that it had the option in the beginning. Uh, They all have a difficulty scale for how much you want to fight. They don't have a difficulty scale for how much you want to puzzle. And I wish that that would come back because I liked being able to go, you know, I'm not playing this on Madhouse, but it would be really cool if the puzzles weren't. Can you turn this object until it looks like a bird? Oh, hey, look, this painting is upside down. You need yeah, to turn was, it right side up. That was one of the worst puzzles in the game. Um, spoilers, you, as you twist the painting, and it was one of, it was a intellectually insulting puzzle. <laughs> well, for a minute, I when I saw it, I'm like, it can't be that easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no way. What? What? Do I have to make a mirror I image, mean, maybe? I guess no? maybe, oh, yep. maybe Capcom was thinking... You sort of have to think more about how to survive in the moment because you're in mm-hmm. kind of an enclosed area. So maybe they thought they'd just give you a break with the puzzle aspect, like you're spending so much time developing a fighting strategy and and figuring out what's around the corner that they give you a break. And like, hey, to get through this wall, all you need to do is turn this object just a little bit so it forms a little bird or a spider or an X-Men. There you go. I do like that. 
they built in an ongoing puzzly thing with the hide and seek nature of the game. Like it does focus a lot on having mm. to. It, you're not going to make it through if you don't conserve some of your resources. So you do have to kind of like find your way around. But there, I, wait, I I forgot there wasn't actually an okay little puzzle, the one in the basement where you had to get a key. I don't know if we. Yeah. The, the yeah. You had to read a note. You had to read a note, and then kind of figure out what that note meant, and then execute it. It wasn't really straightforward, you know. I thought that was kind of good. It was still simple. I I think mostly he he asks if uh, they think that developers don't think that gamers are smart enough. I don't think it's so much that as I think that developers are aware that games don't really do that anymore. I mean, I I can't think of too many games in a general sense that have puzzles like. Like, even Halo 1 has, like, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call them puzzles, but things that you have to do in, like, a specific order, and, like, things that you have to blow up in a specific way. But games in general don't really have a puzzle element anymore, and I think that Capcom, especially knowing that they're going to have a lot of fans coming in from Resident Evil 5 and 6, which ostensibly just don't have puzzles. I mean, RE6 has, like, three. Um... And one of them is literally I can't just... Even th- I can't even think of a puzzle in 5. Uh, 5 has one solitary puzzle where you have to direct a beam of light in oh, the right. I remember caves. That. I remember oh, that. Oh, that. It's, it's one puzzle in the entire game. Um, That's and, why I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, but I think Capcom's aware of that, and I think that they know that a good portion of their audience could simply be completely turned off if the puzzles were too difficult. I will agree that I think that the better option would be to simply offer puzzle difficulty settings. Exactly, yeah. Um, But I think that based on this, I'm hoping at the very least that we can look forward to options or at the very least just harder puzzles in the next game. Um, Because I think that a lot of RE7 is kind of just trying survival survival and also trying to reintroduce the concept of a survival horror game to an audience that really hasn't had a real survival horror game in like nearly a decade not a new one Mm -hmm. anyway like as much as i love like silent hill downpour and stuff it doesn't play like a traditional survival horror game a lot of the mechanics are still fairly user-friendly and a lot of the puzzles are pretty simple right I will say, as the resident indie uh, reviewer on the site, I play a lot of games that have puzzles. And honestly, if you really love puzzles, if you want to spend your time mostly tense, not really doing a lot of action, and go for puzzles, indies is where it's at. And I feel like if we're seeing a lot of indies that do a lot of puzzles and a lot of AAA games that do a lot of action, it probably comes down to a budget thing. Like, they're not going to spend all of their time and energy devoted to puzzles if they know that they need to make a game that's going to be you know 30 hours worth of gameplay if you include some of the replays and that is interesting to a vast majority of possible players so that they hit a good market and then on top of that has well done action scenes so they're not going to go in and add the puzzles so as much as i don't enjoy the kind of puzzles that they do put in because i feel like they're still pandering to some of the gamers from the silent hill in early Resident Resident Evil era, um, by adding any puzzles at all, it does almost feel a little insulting. It's like that 
with that was not a puzzle. That was a hidden doorway. I think it's more of like rather than budget, more about focus testing and mass appeal. They don't want to alienate people like Burke said, like from five and six. These newer fans that you know don't necessarily want to spend time trying to figure out some obtuse puzzle in between shooting things. Yeah, it seems they they seem to need to find a new balance now that they've kind of reverted back to a soft um, puzzle template. Now they may, maybe with eight they can go okay. We'll reintroduce harder puzzles occasionally. Maybe we'll have like these two really big ones throughout the campaign, or actually maybe a puzzle difficulty, which would be something I think will answer will be a it's, good solution. It is also worth remembering that um, one of the drumbeats that Capcom kept saying during uh, promotional stuff is that they were mostly looking at Resident Evil One, and Resident Evil One, even though despite its age, has really really simple puzzles. They're they're very few puzzles that I would even classify as like a medium difficulty. I mean, like there's the room full of paintings where you just have to push the button underneath of the ones going from the picture of the baby to the picture of the old man. And there's like a lot of box pushing puzzles. So I think that they wanted to try to keep it simplistic as also kind of a, I don't want to say callback to that, but I think that Capcom wanted to use this game as a reboot, and so they're just making it as much like the original game as possible. Who wants to share the next question? Whitney? I think you're, oh. you got a non-spoiler oh. one there. Okay. Um, Sergeant Kirby asks, uh, I wonder if you guys ever get motion sickness playing the game with and or without VR. Um, so... I guess I'll I'll take this. Typically, I can't play first-person games because I do get sick. I get ill. And it's usually because the camera is wildly moving from side to side, up and down, and I I just can't handle that. With this game, I was really nervous going in because I know I get motion sickness. But thankfully, RE7 has controls where you can turn off the bounce of the camera, and it move slow enough where I didn't feel that I was wildly, you know, moving the camera too often. I mean, yeah, if there was fights with monsters, it might move a bit, but they're just so, like, in your face that you didn't have to really swing the camera one side or the other to, like, save yourself. So I ended up being able to play it uh, without feeling too bad. And I actually got to try the VR uh, yesterday. And it was fun, but I did end up getting a little queasy after about an hour or two. I I had to stop. It was like, ugh, I wasn't feeling too great. But yeah, I, I was able to deal with it. I don't know about you guys. I did fine playing myself. Um, I do not do so well watching other people's playthroughs. So for me, it seems to be as long as I have some link to what's going on. And as for the, like, how fast it's moving... I agree that having it not move that fast helps with the motion sickness thing, but dear God, could they have moved any slower? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Destiny, with the whole watching other people play. I had to, I was looking up a video, trying to find a video clip of a certain scene for a friend because I was describing it and I just wasn't doing it justice. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just look on YouTube. And I had to watch a couple of videos trying to find this certain scene. And while it was going on, I was like, oh, God, I'm not feeling too great. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't generally have any problems with motion sickness at all. In fact, the only time in my entire life that I've felt any real kind of motion sickness was playing another PlayStation VR game, Robinson the Journey. And I have no idea what it was specifically about that game that made me motion sick because it plays basically exactly the same as Resident Evil 7 does in VR. Um, but RE7 didn't make me motion sick at all. I had I had absolutely no problem with it. Um, I did try turning off because the game has this like very light hate like vignette effect around your vision when you move quickly or quick turn and stuff. I tried turning that off and I felt a little weird, not necessarily sick, just odd. So I just turned it back on. Um, was it wait, was it a blur effect? I don't remember when, this. When you when you quick turn, the edges of your vision will kind of um get like a black vignette around them um not in the center but on the the far left and the far right of your Your peripheral yeah um your peripheral will like black out a tiny bit oh you know what that kind of reminds me i think part of the reason i was getting sick also with the well feeling a little queasy after a while with the vr was um when you had to like squat down it was like a quick movement or sometimes um Whenever there was a, a change from cinematic to to gameplay, it always like fade in and out of mm. black. And after a while, I just like was getting sick. I thought maybe that mm. contributed. I think the closest I came was any time that you had to climb up out of something that like oh, weird yes. bouncing ladders, mission. ladders in the VR ladders and when opening doors, when you go smack right into it. It was just too much. I was like, oh god, Ugh, I feel sick with the ladders. Yeah, it was See, definitely I'm- that. I'm on the I'm on the side where I'm kind of disappointed that my first experience with the game was in non VR because I so desperately want to play. I just was so desperately kind of just want to own a VR uh, headset and just play games in VR. And I feel like RE7, the first experience of that, just seeing these scenes play out from the VR perspective and from the first time would have been so awesome. I mean, the game does throw a bunch of jump scares at you, and some of them are cheap, but I think they're really well designed like sure someone bursting through a window is you know not the most inspired thing but the way it's framed is just great and i had a lot of fun just laughing and saying fuck you every time they did something <laughs> like that and it worked on me well, what the thing I, oh you can go i was gonna say um since my first experience was with the non-vr yesterday when i got to boot it up and i checked out i it was kind of neat seeing the differences like the start screen Mm-hmm. You, you just sort of see a static uh, picture in, in the non-VR mode, but with the VR attached, you can actually look around and look at all huh. the objects, lean over. And I had the VR, and I turned around, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm in, I'm in Zoe's trailer." I didn't, I didn't realize that from the uh, static uh, screenshot, huh. and I thought, I thought that was kind of neat, and kind of a thing that was a little weird and can kind of bring you out of the game a bit is um your hands when when you look you can see where your hands cut off and there's just sort of like yeah they just float in every vr game (laughs) and i was like oh okay (laughs) that's a little weird so there's some little things that kind of bring you out but vr is really cool if you want to observe the environments and take a closer look at objects though if you get too close you can you can really see where like there's a flat matte background and 
yeah. what you can't look at. But it's still a really cool experience. It's kind of neat seeing the differences. Yeah, one of the things that really... I didn't get to play in VR my first time either, but I, I've played through the entire game in VR now. Um, I mentioned it in my review, and I guess we can get into more detail later, but one of the things I was really taken aback by is um, uh, things like when you're in water. Um, there's a couple of sequences in the game where you're like neck deep in water and that is a really claustrophobic experience in vr it's it genuinely changes like the whole mood of certain scenes you Um, look in the water by looking down no no you can't yeah unfortunately if you try to look through anything like whether it's water or a wall or something the screen just goes black oh weird oh work I I, i have a question for you um when I was playing in VR, I also got kind of distracted because the proportions were off. Like, Yeah, his hands uh, look door- really small, don't they? The doors were always like too small. Like, I'm like, wow, I'm- I feel like a giant in this game because the doors were too small. Just the people were too small. His hands were small. Everything was just too small. So I didn't – I mean, I felt immersed, but then again, I wasn't because the- just the proportions were off. And I was wondering if it was just me who, who – uh, had that feeling while no, I was playing. No, I, I, I did feel the same way. Um, I feel I, I feel like the every it kind of has the same proportion problems that Resident Evil Six had. Um, and but I feel like it only really happens in VR. I think. Oh yeah, just just that could in be VR. An issue playing with the, the game, it was just the VR. That could be an issue with just simply the field of view in the uh, PSVR because uh, if you mess with field of view, like in any game that has the option, items do change proportion based on the perspective and distance you're from them so it's very strange it's a weird effect where you're pulling in more visual information than normal there there was also another little problem i noticed in vr when you picked up items some items were still super tiny when you picked them up (laughs) for example right in the beginning when you when you find uh, mia's purse and you dump it out and you, and you find her driver's license in normal mode you you can actually read it you can look at it and you can read it. it's from texas whatnot you can see her photo in vr it is super tiny you can't zoom in at all you just see sort of kind of a vague picture of her face and you can turn it same with photos like they were super tiny and i was yeah. playing on a uh, i was playing downstairs in the super large tv and i'm like i can't or you know it was just super tiny so yeah, I, I, it's definitely something that I did notice. I, I mostly I felt like Ethan's hands were really small. Like, yes. I guess I'm just. I mean, I guess I just, I'm used to my own hand size. They're very bigly worked. But <laughs> dude, they they were small for me, and I know my hands are probably smaller than yours. I was just like, wow, his hands are tiny. Like yeah. I said, proportions were off. Like doors were too <laughs> yeah, just small. something. It was. It wasn't off by a lot. I felt, but it was off just enough that I was like, "This." I don't know. Just something feels. I, weird. I really think it's the field of view because some, some first-person shooters, even like um, Borderlands, I think was one of the one games that I pointed out really clearly. When you're, let's say, you have a gun in your in your vision, and you walk up to a wall, the gun is not clipping through the wall because you know that would break immersion. But it's also not leaning up against the wall. Sometimes. It just looks like the gun is super small in relation to the wall. It's just all about this weird perspective things that they used to trick you in first person. So I'm guessing think, in VR, it's much harder for them to get away with the effect. I, I think the best way to describe it, it felt like at times Ethan was 
like sunk through the floor, floor like a bit, like yeah. halfway through. Like he wasn't really standing. That's what it felt like. I was like, ugh. Yeah, you know, that's actually a good point. One of the things that I felt in VR is I kept having trouble determining whether or not I was actually crouching. Oh. Um, yes. Like I'd yes. crouch and then I'd be like, am I crouched? And I click the stick and am he'd I stand still? up again. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I guess, no, I guess I was wrong. This dude's short. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yes, jump to our review, which was written by Rourke. Hello. Uh, tell us, tell us the gist of your review. What did you give this game? Uh, I gave this game a nine out of ten. <gasps> uh, it is the second highest score I've Sand ever given. Boy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's the second highest score I've ever given for a Resident Evil game. The only one that topped it was Resident Evil Zero, which I gave a ten. Um, the only reason that I gave it a nine instead of a ten was I did feel that um, enemy variety was really lacking, like. I didn't feel that it negatively impacted the game. Like, it made right. sense that there was only this kind of creature. But um, I still feel like it would have benefited the game a lot to have more variety. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about VR. I did feel that as much as I enjoy the VR experience, I really do highly recommend trying at least trying the game in VR because it's a very different experience. I did feel that there were a couple of things that could have been handled better it it has very weird transitions between pre-rendered visuals and gameplay it it literally just plays a 2D video of oh, certain Oh yeah that scenes. that was weird in and VR I like I understand why like cuz again to avoid motion sickness they probably want to be able to direct our attention towards something without like literally grabbing our head in VR but I, the fact that it's just 2D video, I wish that at least the video had been 3D. Like, that would have made sense to me. But, um, no, overall, I was I couldn't have been more overjoyed with the product. I, From the standpoint of someone who loves this franchise, I mean, replaying Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, I mean, they're, they're things that I just do because I'm bored. They're like my default video games, you know, Resident Evil 4 aside. Um and this genre hasn't really existed in the AAA space in a really long time. We've come close. Alien Isolation was a really good attempt. Um, I think the Dead Space games, uh, for what they were, even though they're more action-heavy, are still, you know, they're reliant on um, inventory management stuff. But this feels, it feels and plays like no time has passed at all. I mean, it I was really stunned at how much they managed to keep from the old days. I mean, I mentioned it in my review, but I really feel that other than the jump from third to first person, you could go from playing one of the old school Resident Evil games to Resident Evil 7 and really not have a problem. Um, Just in general, I was just really blown away at the quality of it. I really loved the story. Um, I loved the characters. I I was thinking earlier i mean i mentioned this with uh zach from destructor and that it does feel like it's the successor to resident evil maybe three or four that we never got we instead we got years of revelations and resident evil 6 and all those spin-offs and this really does feel like what the series should have been on last gen yeah it it really does um I mean, it, and it takes stuff. It certainly does take stuff from like Resident Evil Four. It has like the the wooden boxes you have to break open, but that's like a good thing to have kept from that game. 
Um, and not that this Resident Evil 4, RE4 is one of my favorite games of all time. I mean, it's a running gag on this podcast how much I love it. Yeah, take a shot. Um, but uh, the, the the combination of old and new was so well done, in my opinion. It, it really showed that, first of all, that Capcom listened, that, that Capcom was aware of what it was that people wanted. People didn't just want it to be scary again, because that's what they tried to do with Resident Evil 6. We got Leon's campaign, which was trying to be scary. I don't think it, it was. I thought it was. <laughs> I, didn't I thought they were action. It thought it was trying. Yeah, I I didn't find it particularly scary. There were things that I liked about I I honestly I found Chris's campaign creepier. I found like a forty year old man with those kind of bangs absolutely horrifying. <laughs> That's what um, was the scariest. But uh, I, just everything about it, I, I really felt that this is the kind of game. It didn't feel. I mean, we we're saying that I do think that there's obviously still like upper management making some decisions and you know making the puzzles too easy and stuff like that, but from the the bottom of RE7's heart I felt that it was a game made by people that really wanted to make this kind of game that it wasn't just some weird factory ordered thing like Resident Evil 6 or like the Revelations game where it's caught between multiple different genres it's trying to appeal to everybody this game It had focus. Yeah, it had, it focus. had focus. Yeah. Also a lot of restraint. It was a simple story that they wanted to tell in you know, a, a simple location. And because they had that focus, they were able to, I don't know, not stretch yourself too thin, trying to cram all these other sort of genres. It was, it was like a very focused saying. thing. It was... I, I think that's what, I think that's why we're, we feel it's such a return to survival horror because it, they didn't have to take in all this other crap. It's like they could just focus on the creeping feeling of searching through this house and not knowing what's around the corner, you know. Work mentioned the other day, like, this this game made you care about these people, whereas RE6 tried to make you care about an entire city of nameless people that, you know, got blown up or something in some biological attack. Yeah, I mean, it's... And that just doesn't work. Yeah, like, you don't care. Yeah, I mean, Resident Evil... Like, Resident Evil 6 tried to pin... The entirety of Chris's character development on Resident Evil 6, on the death of a character who I honestly don't know what their name is. All I remember is that CJ called them Mr. Nose. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. yeah he, had a, he had like a young recruit that just died, and he's like, yeah, I'm ruined. I'm an alcoholic who somehow lost his memory because of that. Like, he's lost, he lost like months of memory. Like, okay. All right. Yeah, you just don't know who you are anymore. But, um,. I, I don't know if this would be getting to spoiler territory. I've heard the opposite from people like on Reddit, on, on the Facebook pages who are complaining that they thought the characters in this game, particular game, like the protagonists w- were bland and, and they I'll, they didn't they didn't care. I do have I do have some comments and criticism toward the character dynamic between Ethan and Mia, but I guess we'll save that for after our little spoiler wall we'll bring up in a minute. Um, well, I'd, I'd say that the I, I I do agree with CJ's points about Ethan, but like uh, the comparison that I always make is like look at Resident Evil Six. Like RE Six tried to make us care about you know all of China being bombed by the the C virus or whatever, and four new characters and, who are just and, you know and, yeah four new on. characters who I just didn't care about, um, and even and even characters that were returning. I mean, like Leon and Chris ostensibly were new characters. They had yeah. completely new personalities. And Sherry Birkin had gone from uh, 
nine-year-old girl to a suddenly very sexed-up, like, 23-year-old woman. So it, even the returning characters didn't feel like who they were supposed to be. Whereas Resident Evil 7, I, care, I cared so deeply for the Sewer Gators team. I feel so bad for those guys. And I don't do ADR. They're just <laughs> the characters from the demo. I mean, like, Clancy, I feel so bad for Clancy. Wait, that's that's getting into spoilers, dude. Well, not, not, not his fate or anything, just the concept of these characters that were just having, like, kind of a crappy work day getting involved in all of this. Just, I don't know, like, they're fun and charming and interesting, and you instantly know the kind of people that they are, um, even though Clancy has very little dialogue. He's just a weird um, sub. He's 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 the weekend sub. Um, no, that's Pete. Yeah, Pete's the weekend sub. Uh, oh, sorry. I I love the whole thing on Reddit where every single time somebody uh, brings it up, somebody will comment, "Weekend sub, Pete, not anchor." What was that? Nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> you know, after playing the demo, and you walk in, and and I I don't know if this really spoiler. It's like right in the beginning you walk by and you see their van and all their supplies and i'm just like oh <laughs> yeah it's just like you f- like one of the things that really and this isn't a spoiler for the main game because it was in uh literally the very first piece of media released publicly for resident evil 7 like one of the things that really caught me off guard was um pete like pete comes off as such a prick in the sewer gators video you know complaining about you you know this new guy i'm not feeling it and then immediately uh, switching gears with uh you know good cameraman like you clancy you stick with me um why don't you wait you go down first you gotta get the hero shot of me coming yeah. down yeah yeah um, clancy or uh pete is one of those people that you're just like you know i know this is a resident evil game so when is your face getting smashed in <laughs> my, but, that's uh, my, my that's when my sister was like okay um so he's a jerk and I hope he dies soon. But it does start with him like trying to free you. Yeah, that's the, the thing that that really took takes me off guard is if you play Kitchen, it's like a longer version of that video at the beginning of the demo, um, and you actually see that in the end, Pete sacrifices his life to try and save Clancy, and it's just like I I guys, don't know why didn't they keep that in? It does feel like a strange omission. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they probably just carved it off in the beginning just to market at the game, market the game as as they did because we got Kitchen a full year at E3 before RE7. Yeah, like, that was being people didn't shown even up know so that, that was part of Resident Evil Seven. They just, it was just the Kitchen tech demo. I, I mean, that was one of the things that I remember thinking when they showed it off is they uh, they put up you know before Kitchen at the E3 reveal. I was like, oh, it's that horror thing Capcom's working on. Why the hell can't Capcom do this with Resident Evil? So, oh, <laughs> oh that. I am. Are you are you guys disappointed that they didn't keep like that beginning part and that end part on the tape that we find? Oh, we, d- we think, just get the middle. I think there's something to be said for actually keeping it out, um, just because at this point it was so played, and I'm pretty sure that every person who has bought this game has actually played through the demo multiple times. So adding it in probably. I feel like if they had put too much of it in, and I realize they didn't strip a whole lot of it out, but if they put too much of it in, you would have had a lot of people bitching about how they just reused their demos in the game and bulked yeah. it up like that. Also, just starting the game, you 
gets at the Baker home, and then you watch like a half an hour of <laughs> of uh, the same footage again because you do you can retread it through the whole demo if like if you want the at least the tape portion of it. And if they added more to that, then you know it'd be kind of yeah, detracting but you don't, from. But you don't really. I mean, you you do find out. Um... Uh, Pete, Pete's faith through 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 a note, like right right from the get go, the list of people. Mm. Um, but I I thought it would have been kind of nice to see that you know he wasn't an entire jerk if you didn't play the demo. I know we all did, but it would have been nice to see him trying to save you know, Clancy's life. Well, we do my have a feeling, season pass. We'll see. My feeling on Pete was that the only reason he saved Clancy was so he would have somebody to trip. <laughs> no, he's gonna redeem himself in the season pass. I guarantee you. We're gonna find out what he really happened. Fuck Pete. <laughs> hey, he recorded a video for us. Don't you dare just say that. That's he's true. Like, get it to rely on work. Yeah. Of all the well, yeah, webs- of all the websites in the world, he could have sent it to. He sent it to rely on horror. Yeah, this is true. So we can't be tell mad. them. He's like, tell them. We- you got to get this tape to them, and then we're like, four days later, after it's been in the Facebook group. Oh, oh shit. We let him die. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but jumping off of that, though, I did want to make a point that this is the first Resident Evil with the new RE engine, which is, Woo-hoo. I think, this is an incredibly technically impressive and beautiful game. Well, this it would... really is. Yeah, when the textures pop in, it's really, really pretty. Oh, I'm sorry, um, I don't have that problem. Right? It, it's uh... <laughs> It's definitely more hy- hyper-realistic. Uh, and I guess this kind of ties into a question Cole asked. He he wanted to know mm-hmm. if if it filled the Silent Hills void in our hearts because you know we never got Silent Hills, and mm. it I'd say a little bit. It, it, you in, know, in walking that, down the halls. <laughs> in that a classic horror IP came back and totally destroyed. Like it was. What everyone wanted, well, most what most people wanted. It's a phenomenal survival horror game. We got that with Resident Evil. That's what we thought Silent Hill was going to do, but that didn't come to be. But at least Resident Evil did it. One of the two originators. I'm happy. I'm happy that it uh, Resident Evil was able to succeed with this sort of format. We had a person on Facebook, Jordan, who actually asked, uh, or. He went on to ask what Magic's doing in a Resident Evil game. But he goes, I feel like the cash in on PT's ideas and the Sky Hunter puzzle magic, what the fuck is Magic doing in a Resident Evil game? But it's that first part where he goes, I feel like the cash in on PT's ideas. And I've seen a lot of people, I mean, if you were looking at the comments from the time this was announced up to now, after a lot of people have finished at least one playthrough of it, there are a fuck ton of people who go... Yeah, it's like Silent Hills. Yeah, it's like Outlast. I'm like, I really, I, having played PT, having played the Resident Evil game, having suffered through the first Outlast, I just wasn't a fan. Um, No, no, it's not PT, nor is it Outlast. It's not what Silent Hills would have been. It's a completely different game, and I think it fits in with Resident Evil well. The whole PT comparison, I will give them that, one, the marketing was a straight copy of PT's reveal. Here's this yes. game we're announcing. A lot of marketing, yes. Now, yeah, like here's and then it gave you a slice of the game that was, you know, confined to one location. Yes, very very similar. Them I would give I would give people a pass saying the demo is similar to PT. In a lot of respects well, but that's it was. Like going, well, but you know, Walmart has a jingle and Band-Aid had a jingle before that. So obvious. It's like Yeah, you know, it's 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 a small thing, but if, I feel like people 
easily jump on things and call them PT inspired or stealing PT's idea because because they used a demo. Be, no, because like PT has it's not a unique visual perspective, but it does something where the I don't know it really it really plays on symmetry and the character perspective being like actual head height instead of just a typical first person perspective where you're like kind of in the chest. Like you, everything feels to scale, and I guess PT really I, made that well, I focus. Have to say, we have a lot of people who are commenting this about a lot of the AAA games. Any game that can afford to use the new technology, they're mm. going. This is a PT clone, and I'm like, you mean it has the newest updated technology? Yes, yes. They're not using the best of 1999 tech. <laughs> We're I've... gonna see more of this, and I actually really enjoy that because it's hyper realistic, which actually yeah. means that there's less times that I look at it and go. Why is the door clipping through the floor, which looks like it was copied off of, like, linoleum on the wrong and, scale? And and the Fox engine and the RE engine, they're two major focuses. Well, both of them, they share the same major focus is lighting. Like, lighting was a huge part yeah. of Metal Gear Solid 5's production. I like, I realize it's a really weird thing to like, but I really like that they have fixed the opaqueness of skin. Mm. Like, it's... It, Oh, mostly yes. fixed a plastic thing with skin with the new engines, and that's great to me because that was always something you looked at and you're like, "All right, so I am playing a Barbie." <laughs> yeah, like they actually there's like flaws and stuff. If you if scenes in the characters and you get kind of up close with the VR, you can see like their blood vessels and all the freckles and pores. I thought that was really nice. What they need to work on though is Uncanny Valley just staring off into space while they're talking because oh my god, they look dead inside. I, I also I think, think it's a glitch, uh, isn't it? I also uh, think that lip syncing could be a little know. better. Yeah, cuz I heard Kyle said the same thing where um when he first met um when when he first saw Marguerite in one of her own scenes, she's like, "Stay the fuck out!" but her face wasn't moving when she screamed. I think it just it's a bug. I, I've I've been through that scene like several times and it's always very like delayed. Really? And it's not just her. Like when when you're in the tape, when you're in the tape with the sewer gators crew, like just staring at their faces while they're talking to each other, mm. they're not really emoting. They're just oh. sort of Yeah, the speaking. worst one is um when uh when you're in the, the sewer gators tape and Cl- and Pete stands in front of the portrait and he says, uh this would make a good backdrop what do you think pete pete if you if you look at him or or or, uh andre um pete's mouth hangs open he just oh Oh, i guess yeah i guess they're expecting you to stand behind him but that brings me to um i think maybe the technology the way they capture the facial animations of the actor themselves is like la noir in that they just have all these cameras affixed to their faces and they're these these dudes are just sitting in chairs acting out these scenes and they're staring off into nothingness and I saw a making of L.A. Noir where they were doing that with the main characters. And once you see that and actually go back to L.A. Noir, you can just see the deadness in their eyes because they're not looking at anything. When they're yeah. doing those performances, they're looking yeah, at that's, in the that, distance. So if you're a developer and you're listening in, please get them some hamster wheels. You need a focal <laughs> point. You need a focal point if you're going just to capture someone's face. Even have them like squint their eyes a bit. They're just well, staring was, blankly. It's like, uh, are you alive? That was the one character that I thought came off really good is Lucas. I thought Lucas's oh, facial Lucas was great, yeah. he was were great. amazing. Yeah. Especially but he ever, does this thing where he purses his lips. Yes. Um, that's 
really it's it's both like really lively but also like really unsettling looking he, he was one of the few like if he's in a scene with another character you can see him like doing stuff in the background you know like doing his own like weird he's reacting to he's... what the person's saying and not just sitting there blankly staring at you he's he's doing his own little emotions and i, I thought he was probably the best animated one He's probably very cognizant of how he should react in the scenes. Because, I mean, if it was a situation where these people were individually sitting in their own rooms or booths getting captured, then maybe it was really tough for most of them. Yeah. Maybe. Like, but, another one Another one I felt was really lacking was, was Zoe when we when we meet her. Like Zoe's she, face is almost non-emotional the entire time. She, it's just very, very, it's very stoic, stoic, static, and even when it's a high emotional scene, it's just like, uh, yeah, going to, gonna react? <laughs> no? Okay. Mia was pretty good. I, I thought she, she, her animations were okay. She seemed uh, emotional and you know, realistic Mia's, at times, I guess. Mia's face is good, but her hair is possessed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, moving all the time? Oh, God. I was it's like, also, it's floating upwards. Like, yeah, her, her hair, hair is, is in space. Her hair is also only made of, like, six individual chunks, and it looks really obvious in some places. And they're all channeling the exorcist. Yeah. I, I liked how free flow and movement her hair had for being, you know, captured for three years and not encrusted with oil yeah. and dirt and blood and stuff. You know, I like how she's in the yeah. outfit too. she was in in the video. And apparently three years later, that shit's still clean. Can we get that technology in well, real life? She lost, she lost her jacket. Yeah, she lost her jacket. I uh, I will say at least that her hair was better than um, next gen Tomb Raider's hair, which is yeah. it looks like a gigantic ball of spaghetti you know, noodles. On that note, that one actually started out really well before they remade the first reboot for PS4, and that was one of the things that pissed me off. Was I was like, wait, so you went to better technology, and somehow the hair physics got worse? Yeah. How it, does this function? I. Work in, uh, you mentioned this when you first started playing, but uh, some of the effects in the game itself were really interesting. Like some of them might have been live action captured. Yeah, the um, well, there's there's at least two things in the game I'm convinced are actually live action. Credits. Um, the the oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the credit. Well, the Definitely. credits. Yeah, they're they're. Is it the flyover? Um, yeah, the flyover. The, the intro. Flyover, yeah, the intro. You, absolutely, and the intro too. I noticed that as somebody who's from that area. There is no way they got that much detail by trying to actually animate it. That has to be live capture because that is exactly what it looks like looking out your window. Yeah. And, and when he was driving through the forest. Yeah, when he's driving. Yeah, because yeah, you can see it transition. Uh, when he goes to turn the, the engine of the car off, he tilts his head down and looks at the key instead of out the window. And when you look back up, it's video. It's game. different, yeah. Um, and they I'm, did a good job with the part that they animated, but it yeah. is obviously oh yeah recorded. Um, i also really think that the blood in some cases may be like video of blood that they superimposed especially the this is getting into spoiler stuff there's um, a a limb removal somewhere yeah there's a limb removal scene and the blood that comes spurting out looks way way better than any blood i've really? ever seen in a video game I before i didn't think it would look live action to me that, uh, the scene uh, well, you're talking about. I 
Well, like, I really love, um, like, looking at little details and stuff, and I've gone through that scene a couple of times. It's, like, literally just holding my arm up against the wall trying to, like, get a better angle in the blood, and it just looks really, really nice. Like, if it, if it wasn't um, video capture, they definitely did, like, a separate, um, I'm not sure if it would be Blender or something, but some type of liquid physics um, recording and just added that in there, because it looks, the way the liquid moves is just awesome. Yeah, it, it looks because video game blood tends to kind of fall into two categories. Either it's like um, it's just kind of a mishmash of like big, like ballistic Blah. sprays, <laughs> or yeah, or it's like just big blobs. Like, I will say that the blood in this game looked like it had the right consistency, whereas a lot of games have still that thing going on where it's like as thick as ketchup, and you're like, okay, this character would have already been dead. Yeah, something I do that I also really appreciate is um, it's a very small detail when you're fighting things, like when you're fighting Jack and you shoot him and stuff. Um, blood actually gets on the walls and stuff, like little flecks. I um, I found the gore in the game to be amazing and hilarious. I don't know if that was the <laughs> intent, but I well, laughed that's so much when I started sick. playing this game. <laughs> I'm not going to specify what scenes, but my it, god, it was, I laugh. Uh, it was over the top. I, I loved it. <laughs> I do enjoy that when you're fighting the characters, they start to show actual injuries instead yes. of just bleeding into their shirts. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen a lot of games do that. No, I remember the first example of me actually noticing that was like Homecoming. I was like, oh, cool, look, little slashes on their body. And then now it's just legit, you can see sinew if you keep digging. Yeah, Resident Evil 5 does it a little bit. Like, I remember one of the big things is if you shoot a Magini in the face, there's a chance you might actually pop their eyeball. Um,. But uh, I I really appreciate the attention to detail that they put in for that those kind of gore effects in RE7. It helps make it feel a lot more alive. Whereas, like Resident Evil Six, on the other hand, one of my biggest problems with it is that I really couldn't tell whether I was damaging an enemy or not in that game. Like it, it just seemed like I was firing and firing there was and no firing. Reactions, and, yeah. and there was no reaction, both in the character model and just animation. It just and it, considering the way that game is designed, it's always like. Is this an actual boss fight, or am I supposed to run away from this one? <laughs> um, we should probably head into spoiler territory. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump to our quick um, opinions on the game. Good, bad. Let's do that. Each, let's each have our own version. Rourke, since you did the review, you first. I loved it. It's my favorite Resident Evil since 4. Um, I'm, I couldn't be more overjoyed with the effort that it is. Uh, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy and like a kid again inside. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I was incredibly surprised. I did not expect Capcom to not only make a, a horror game, but an actually a, a great one. This is extremely surprising. Um, they showed a lot of restraint. There were some vague hints that it might have been from some of the same people that did Revelations and such like that, but they practice so much restraint and just focus on what this game ended up being. And I'm really excited for where the series goes from here. It deserves all the sales it gets. Cause honestly, this is the only way the series is going to stay like this now. <laughs> if it sells. So um, you go. Oh, okay. So I am not a huge resident evil fan. I have played a few of the games and just, Never even finished them. I didn't like them. I loved The Evil Within, which was by a Resident Evil alumni. Um, 
I was pleasantly surprised with this game. I actually really enjoy it. It's not my favorite game in the world, but I really enjoy it. And if they're going to go forward like this, I will continue to play the Resident Evil games and I will continue to actually like them. It was a good game on its own merits. And it was also, I think, a really good game as part of the Resident Evil world. So I was actually really happy to see one that I could finally enjoy and play as a game and then also feel like I was starting to get into the Resident Evil lore. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's tied for my favorite Resident Evil game with uh, Resident Evil 4. Um, I can see myself spending hours like replaying it. I've already probably beaten the game like six or seven times just going for achievements and showing friends and stuff it was a load of fun to play and i had so much fun just looking at the environment like i felt that this setting the baker's home was one of my favorites in the series just looking at all the objects collected in the in their home and the sounds and environments it was just a really good game um yeah i love it i love it And there we go. So this marks the section of the podcast that's going to discuss spoilers. If you have yet to play Resident Evil, uh, you might not want to continue listening. If you don't care and you're fine with spoilers, listen away. Spoilers begin now. We're going to answer the first question that involves spoiler stuff from Shavar. And that has to do with uh, the Stars team. Quote, what happened to main characters like the Stars team, i.e. Leon S. Kennedy? End quote. Um... This is not their I, game, bro. This is yeah, exactly that. This is not their game. I don't care where they are. I am personally tired of seeing Capcom force these characters into games that, you know, by name only because they're not the same characters anymore. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, Resident Evil 6 Leon was nothing like he should have been. He was not funny. He somehow didn't know that this dude who was coughing and gray was going to turn into a monster. Like, he has personal experience from two separate occasions three if you count like another one of the movies he shouldn't have said are you okay president man my favorite friend no no it's it's fucking stupid and we don't need these characters to return i mean i think as far as they went with this one uh jumping to kind of like dave's question that work you have there uh yeah we have what might be a returning resident evil character there's a lot of speculation if redfield is really chris redfield he's too young yeah he's too young and a bunch of other things, but do we need the other characters to return? No, I think we're fine where they are. If there's maybe hints of them that they're Their doing the bigger have things, been told so many times already. Like, can they have yeah. a break? Just, just have them in the background because right now they're all pretty much leaders of major organizations, anti-terrorism organizations, and they're not going to have like these close-knit, intimate horror experiences like like we want. Yeah, and... Leon and Chris wouldn't have gone to the Dolby Mansion with nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they would have gone with guns and grenades and friends with suplexes. <laughs> like they would have been the ones breaking down walls instead of Jack Baker. <laughs> if this um, had been their story, maybe we would have like, since we're off in spoiler territory, the ship wouldn't have had the problem it had, and the whole story wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, they, they, how many how many cruise ships have been destroyed in the Resident Evil series now? Yeah, I was talking to CJ about this a little while ago, like. In my head, I naturally relate mansions with Resident Evil. I swear to God, I think there's more cruise liners in Resident but Evil than there are mansions. It wasn't a cruise. It wasn't it a cruise, sorry. Bo- it was a big boats. ship. Big boats. ships, yeah. It was a shipping Things boat. Things that a cargo float boat. on water. <laughs> I mean, because we have fucking... There's Resident Evil Gaiden, Resident Evil Dead Aim, 
Resident Evil Revelations 1, Resident Evil 7, fucking... Um, there's a scene in 6 that's on that boat yeah, there's that kind of gets in six that's on consumed boat. by Carla Rhodes, whatever her name was. <laughs> um, but uh, if, if you would like an actual answer where those characters are, uh, Resident Evil Vendetta is basically bringing all the stupidity back. It's the real Resident Evil 7. It's, Go watch it and see yeah. it. Enjoy the... Uh, <laughs> Enjoy the triggered virus. That's real. <laughs> trigger. Can I can I say that is that is the stupidest fucking name ever? I don't want to make a trigger <laughs> joke because that's trivializing things. But my God, who thought of that? Who said let's call it the trigger virus? Like you know, have what are you gonna like? What are you gonna have next? Oh my God! He's, no anyway, ammo, if you want, probably. If you want your really dumb Resident Evil just for the dumb mindless action that you can go cross-eyed to while watching it, then just there you go. You got you got the yeah. next movie. It's got Chris and it's got Leon. And it's got Rebecca, who's been unfortunately stripped of all of her character development and is now just a damsel in distress. Shoot me. <sighs> but jumping off of that, who the fuck is Redfield? Another and don't one. say don't say hunk. Don't say I'm going to say he's a clone. <laughs> Like, didn't you guys say that, like, there's clones and stuff? And there six, are, yeah, Ada? there are clones, yeah. So yeah, why, couldn't, why couldn't uh, Chris have been, been cloned? Well, I'd, yep. I'd argue that the answer to that is that he looks and sounds nothing like any interpretation of Chris from any of the games. See, I had a friend tell me he looks like the original uh, version of Chris from, like, RE1, like the original drawing the, of him on the, the cover. Fucking, yeah, the, the, yeah, he yeah. does. He, he looks like a thin, trim, whatever Chris. See, I and I would say like okay but then chris just looks like himself again in resident evil vendetta which is yeah. canon and made by the same people yeah and the weird thing is that you know i mean i wouldn't necessarily say him not sounding like chris is a dead giveaway because capcom recasts their yeah their actors all the time but he looks really young he's very thin he's not like the muscular dude anymore he just doesn't look like the same also guy. His, also he's his blonde? hair is like a dirty blonde color and chris's hair is usually like a cherry brown yeah and not to mention he's working in an um he's working with umbrella it seems like he's in an umbrella helicopter. umbrella, umbrella I mean, core so, yeah. yeah so they're probably the bad guys right yeah the the general consensus for me and for it seems like a lot of fans on reddit and stuff um is even if he's not hunk he is at the very least agent 3a7 who is the star of umbrella core um we don't really know much about 3a7 other than He's almost supernaturally good at killing BOWs, and uh, that we will, and that, and that this character, 3A7, is probably Hunk. The game leans very heavily on suggesting that's who it is. But Hunk would be pretty old at this point, too. He He's would, also the most useless is, character in the series. That's well, that, that was, nothing. That was my favorite thing, uh, not to get completely off topic. Um, is uh, Resident Evil 7, um, somebody was saying on Reddit that they felt that uh, it wouldn't be Hunk because Hunk is too important a character. Like, what are you talking about? Hunk, Hunk, and and he was comparing Hunk to Boba Fett, and I'm like, I mean, I really love Boba Fett too. My whole goddamn studio room is covered in Boba Fett stuff. Boba Fett is a hundred times more important to the story of Star Wars than Hunk is to Resident Evil. He's never once appeared in a story. He's just he's the mini game side game character. He the only reason that we know what Hunk's face looked like is because of a piece of artwork you get for beating Resident Evil three on hard mode for like the fifth time. Yeah, I mean I... the good news is if that is who it is, he still hasn't appeared in a story. 
<laughs> well, we're gonna get we're gonna learn more about Redfield in the yeah. free DLC that's coming Not up. Not a hero. Yeah. Which is the other thing is, is I I keep seeing people say that like, well maybe this is like because the umbrella logo is blue and white as opposed to red and white. Maybe it's like a good guy version. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? No, the way they were talking. We already have Neo Umbrella, so I mean, like they're buying carbon offsets now. The way they were talking on that radio when you when you heard the conversation on the helicopter when they were they were observing the situation that was going on in the baker's house. Yeah. If they were good, they would have stepped in long ago instead of oh, yeah. just observing and, for years. And we don't know, like, just not to incriminate him, but we don't know Ethan's role in yeah, on we, all that. We don't like, know what took you guys so long to get here. We don't know if that's no, no, no. That that comment is because he heard them on the radio. He knew that they were out there and they were observing, and he's having this like fight to the death. And they took forever to step in to try to help him. I've seen that come up a couple times. People are like, "Oh, he must work for them. Why would he be like that?" But it, it it's a. I wouldn't say it's a it, guarantee, but it does leave some room open for him to possibly know them. It's not the guarantee. Of just that, you know, I mean, I'd I'd say that familiar... if anything, the, if anything would disregard that, it's the fact that this character, if he is indeed not actually Chris or a clone of Chris or in some way actually related to Chris, is that the only other option is that he's lying, yeah, yeah. banking on the idea that Ethan would know the name Redfield just because Chris Redfield's a fucking world hero. I mean, he's like he's like a goddamn Avenger <laughs> at this point. Right. Um, that. Yeah, I I do think that Ethan is a mysterious character, but I wonder how much of that is maybe he has more to him than meets the eye, and how much of it is he's a blank slate video game character yeah. who doesn't really have a backstory it's, or react. To it's stuff. hard to really tell because the storytelling in the series has been all over the place, so you don't know what's an intentional mystery and what's just them being like not being dismissive or just you know. I do think that there's a lot of mystery to be had. I mean, obviously with Redfield, but also they're, I mean, they're clearly setting stuff up umbrellas back or something. It's either umbrella Corps has become a new umbrella corporation. Um, or maybe umbrella corporation never really went away or something like that. Um, it does beg the question as to why anyone would put the logo and name of (laughs) one of the most like infamous, infamously evil corporations that has caused hundreds of thousands of death deaths on the side of their helicopter. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious. I do get the feeling that, um, a huge part of what the end credit sequence, which I really love, I've heard a couple of people compare it to the walking deads opening title sequence. Um, but I, I get, I really get into the, the, the whole, um, forgotten memories kind of, you know, all, like the dolls and, and all that stuff. It, it's it's something that really speaks to me in the kind of horror stuff that I like. Um, but something I kept noticing is that uh, I really do feel like the ending of this game with bringing Umbrella back, back and all this stuff is both to suggest that things have been much worse than we've been let in on for a while now and that things are going to continue to get worse. Like they're showing things of um, like garbage floating in water and like water oh, the oil, the oil so- spills and yeah, stuff the oil spills and and kind of relating this to like a real world natural but I disaster thought that was, i thought there was more just related to the whole like ship crashing in the bayou i, I thought that guess. was more like that it's, it's hard to tell the ramifications of that kind of thing though because it's just you know it's like mold mold just growing out of this one place and sure it's been localized to that area for three years but 
what's going to happen now that you know Evie's been removed. Yeah, I I get the feeling that RE7 is basically like it's asking a bunch of questions, kind of almost like the new Star Wars uh, Force Awakens, that it's setting up a bunch of stuff, introducing a bunch of ideas, and that these ideas will be answered in RE8 or or a Revelations game or something in the future. Well, we haven't really even touched upon the new company that appeared, Tensu. The yeah. ones that were were making the virus, this uh, Evelyn see, the uh, weird virus. Thing, like, who were they? Like, I feel like uh, let's see. That's another problem with the Resident Evil series. Not that there's like ten different viruses, but also now they've established that in this in this world there are competing organizations that legitimately just make monsters. Like that's yeah. their profession. Weapons. Yeah, that's the profession. Yeah. Like, how many companies are going to make monsters in this world? How is this? You know, how's well, this right, working out? Right now, the ones that we know. Um, there was Umbrella Corporation who are presumably either gone and back or gone and replaced with something worse. Um, there's uh, Tricel, mm-hmm. who tried to be Umbrella Corporation, who are now gone. There was Will Pharma, who wasn't necessarily trying to be evil, but one of their employees was evil. Um, presumably they're gone. Um, there was the FBC, who wasn't creating anything, but they were peddling it. Uh, they're gone. And now there's the new Tensu Corporation, and one of the corporations funding uh, Umbrella Corps is called uh, Ya, I think. Um, so there's there's a there's a lot of that sort of shit. Well, there was there was uh, when you're going through the mines and you find that note about Lucas and how he wasn't actually under Evelyn's control. They gave someone gave him some sort of like uh, suppressor. So he still had the regenerative abilities, but she couldn't influence his mind. He was yeah. talking to somebody. And I, at first, I wasn't sure if it was Umbrella or he was just talking with Tensu, the, the company again. It sounds from the helicopter uh, conversation uh, between those two unseen characters, Redfield and, and someone else, that he's talking to somebody who they know of that's a rival and at first when i heard that i thought oh shit is this where wesker's gonna pop up but it sounds like it's tensu right or yeah. you guys didn't get that feeling um i i mean it definitely seems like lucas is working for somebody else um and not not the umbrella umbrella core yeah, people because they were trying to get to him yeah they were trying to get he to him he disappeared yeah, and he disappeared, and they said, you know, and he's been in contact with them. You know who I'm talking about, or whatever. Um, I also feel like Zoe must have been in contact with somebody because she doesn't. Yeah, seem how to be would under she know how to make a either. serum? She like um, knew a okay, lot. This is my favorite thing. Uh, another joy of what playing with me? VR. Once hmm. she makes the serum, you see what she uses to make the serum. It's just a food processor. I saw, I saw that, not even in VR. I looked over at her. I was like, what do you? Oh, you're just grinding it up, and somehow you made two perfectly, you know, vials with yeah, liquid. All, off in a corner behind the <laughs> <a> box. <laughs> I, I like that's how, how has always been, though. You can, always, yeah. you can make, like, these advanced concoctions just by dropping things in a blender somewhere. <laughs> Look, it's a budget subterfuge. <laughs> Pretty much. Um. Uh, so, like... So, okay, so the family all obviously got infected, right. and at that point... Uh, Tetsu knew that their their subject did not make it to South America, so they had people watching it. And I guess Umbrella Court like found out that there was something hinky going down in Louisiana, and then started sending people to do 
drive-bys or flybys. Like, I, I don't know. I was talking about this at work the other day when I was doing my Madhouse stream, but it seems like a really odd setup to send this extremely volatile, dangerous little girl biological weapon on a boat with, like, you know, civilians tended by just two people with very minor security. Like, yeah, we had I, a gun. They, they were trying to be on the DL, CJ. Yeah, but you, can't, you can't transport a, a, a dangerous biological weapon on the DL and, and with civilians now, nearby. I think, you have a chopper. I think I missed you something. Have private things. Did okay? Did Evie go ballistic because of the hurricane or because it was sabotage? Evie went ballistic because they um something like she's they they weren't able to get her because she has like a suppressant that that makes yeah. her like yeah. chill and they weren't chill able to get and her not age yeah and they weren't able to get her her suppressant and she started going ballistic. Alan Alan messed fucked yeah, up Alan, somehow. Yeah, Alan mm. fucked it up and he didn't give her like I guess it the way it, they put it to me is it just sounded like he forgot to set an alarm or something. Um and Evie went ballistic, but I really kind of got the feeling that the outbreak was deliberate, that it was just this kind of... You think it was sabotage by Umbrella? I don't even know if it was sabotage so much as, like, the people that put the, the trip together that had me and Adam, to, or, or Alan, or whatever his name was, transporting Evie. I think the whole thing was just to set up as a giant test. That they hadn't ever actually seems, gotten. That, that seems like a lot of waste of money. I mean, they that's had what these no idea. Do. That's what these people do. I mean, the yeah. the, 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 the money is clearly no object to these like mega corporations that that but are the doing note, this. But the note on the ship was saying like they were worried about someone stealing Evie or whatever, and they wanted to keep her safe at another location in, in Central America. Just well, I guess yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean you gotta tell the people who are going with her something. Yeah, and just, it, it if seemed... you sabotage it, and it's going to wreck in South Louisiana, where there is a lot of bodies of water, a lot of dense, dense swamp forest, which it really is. It's just a very wet forest. If that shit gets loose down there, you are not containing it. I don't know how it stayed contained like it did, but if it gets loose. You're going to have a lot of problems chasing all the bits and pieces down. So if their goal was to see what it looked like on a small scale and then have it set loose in the southern but, United States, that's a great way to get it out there. Now, I mean, this is silly just be discussing the logistics of how this virus works. But uh, I find it interesting now that Evie's gone. She was, you know, the, the, the main one. She was like the queen bee. Now people who are infected like Lucas, you know, they're they're not under threat of her control. They just have this ability now. And presumably Ethan as well, because he did, you know, hallucinate. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, at the end, Mia, if Mia's live and Ethan, they're yeah. not going to start their little family. They're going to be <laughs> in a lab. Gonna, yeah, they're going to be in a lab. And, you know, it, it's one of the other things that, that you stuff. see if you get uh, what people are calling the bad ending is if you choose Zoe. Um, the final cutscene shows Ethan watching uh, Mia's uh, opening message on, like, an iPhone, essentially. And he tosses the phone out of the window, and you Ooh. actually see that his staples have been removed, and his hands perfectly fine again. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Ethan is a hundred percent infected, and of now course, yeah. he, I guess, he just he's not under. No, nope, none of them are under Evelyn's control anymore. But yeah, Ethan and Mia, depending on which ending you get, I don't think we're ever seeing those characters again. I think they're going straight at the. Or if we do, it's going to be in a lab. My husband, <laughs> when the when we watch the ending of the game, my husband looks and goes. 
yeah, they're not getting out of there. And I'm like, nope. Absolutely yeah, they they not. are. They are carrying. They're the perfect way to carry yep. the virus. Exactly. It's alive. It's taken care of. They're they're mentally it. stable. Yeah, for and, the most and part. now, yeah. and now without having to lose any of their own men, Umbrella Corps has the virus conveniently packaged in them, and they get to be the heroes who came in and yeah. picked them up. This one's officially called the E virus, right? Even though it's mold. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. The, the virus is called E zero zero one, but yeah, it's the E virus. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, now, now this also begs a question. You know, if you don't save Zoe, if you, if you save Mia, Zoe's left there by herself. Does she live? We don't know because Evie kills her. If you choose her, like before you get to the ship, he, she like just kills her straight yeah, up. But and, if you leave um, her by herself, she's just moping, you know, in the dock. Regardless of what decision you make, uh, over the radio, Redfield says that they've been through the house and that there were no survivors. Yeah, but she um, might have not gone back to the house she might not have um i kind of get the feeling that her and lucas are going to have some form of revolution revolution resolution in dlc i'm really hoping that the dlc doesn't off lucas um i don't think that there's a way of zoe being fine though i don't think that there's going to be an ending where zoe ends up surviving this ordeal but she wasn't she was in contact with somebody she I mean, was. She, she knew I do way really too much so. about how the virus worked, and what they needed to get the virus out of their of their system. So someone was talking with her. Um, I'm wondering maybe they came in and got her. Maybe she didn't yeah, die. To, maybe she to, just got picked up. To be really silly, do we think um, Revelations 2's ending has any bearing on the organizations in this game? Uh, Do you think there's a little girl running in this major company somewhere? I don't think so. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I think that... Uh, and it's one of those things that kept being brought up. Will Wesker be back in this game? Blah, blah, blah. I really do think that either a clone or Wesker's just fine. I do think that Wesker is going to end up having some form of influence over the future of the series. I think right now Capcom's kind of treading water on that idea. Because I think that there are people probably in Capcom that think it's dumb. There's other people that think it would be awesome. And I think things like... you I mean, it's Wesker's gun is the Albert gun. It's his STARS pistol from the very yeah. first Resident Evil game. You also see him use it in Resident Evil 5. Um, and at the moment, we still don't have an identity for whoever was in charge of Umbrella Corps. He's just somebody that was present and aware of the events of the Raccoon City incident and the uh, Los Illuminados incident and it's somebody that is willing to kill to keep their identity protected. Um, what if what if Wesker's in the situation of um, Werner from Hannibal and he's like all fucked up and, oh. he, and he has a boy toy clone of Chris and he's like, <laughs> Chris, go over there and get me at the drinks. I need my medicine. And he's just all oh, fucked God. up. He's a rock man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, go over there. He smacks him in the butt. That's oh, all it's God. about. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think that that would be a really great, like, poetic uh, way to, to, to treat his characters that now he's like, he's practically subhuman. Um, you know, he flew too close to the sun and now he's just a blob. Um, I think he'd more he'd be more like a rock, just you know, all rocky, <laughs> um, all rocky. I was wondering if we could go a little bit back to, uh, to the virus. Um, I was a little confused while I was playing exactly how it worked, because 
is it an age thing about how fast you process the virus and how deep you go into Evie's influence? Because Zoe was able to stave stave off the virus's complete effects. I know Lucas had uh, supplements or whatever, but both Mia and Ethan were pretty okay. They're defiant. I know that Mia was a favorite of of right. Like she wanted her to be her mommy. Was that the same thing with Ethan? Is that why he I didn't think, like get the? I think he get, just didn't get go far the enough. illusions or whatever. Yeah, I, he I did think get delusions. He just he didn't go far uh, enough. Yeah, at the end he yeah, started yeah. like hallucinating. I think it has stuff. more to do with time. Like if you right. read the the Baker's documents and stuff, I think they hung around Evie for a really long yeah, time. Like, like they were going to the hospital like, what's wrong with me? And like over the course of months, like yeah. I feel no, weird. I, I, yeah, I got that, but it, it just seemed... It might have I to do know. with... It could just be the individual willpower or anything like that. Or maybe yeah. just maybe which her is, own it desire was, it to was change a, It was a mental strength. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is absolutely something that has been brought up in Resident Evil before. Um, in the Umbrella Chronicles, you can read a, a, a journal entry from Wesker where he's saying that um, he's discovered that individual mutations of the T-virus seem to be able to be influenced by a person's personality watching... Um, I don't know if any of you guys played Umbrella Chronicles, but the final boss of that game uh, is still able to speak and reason. Same with Revelations, and, too. Yeah, and he's saying that um, he feels that depending on willpower, that the T-Virus might be able to bond with people on a level that they had previously not thought of. But it ends up making Wesker feel really uncomfortable because he doesn't understand what that means for him. It's like all these oh, other okay. people were able to turn into giant monsters, but you know, the monsters seem to retain some aspect of themselves. I injected myself with the T-Virus, and I feel fine. <laughs> oh, that's probably what led okay. it to all five. Like, I'm superior. Yeah. Okay, so uh, then now I have another question. Evie wanted more people for the family, so they were kidnapping people and, and doing experiment, injecting them or something, and people had the reaction where they turn into mold creatures. Well, I think there's a distinction there, because um, Mia refers to them as friends, which is probably a term that Evie said multiple times. So I think it's, she, she had like a weird, uh, she had a weird obsession with getting people around her to, you know, love her. So yes. she wanted a direct family, but then she maybe just turned like other well, people she, to mold she, she the bakers to kidnap these people right and they're if you read the notes they're like saying like oh you know lucas picked these college girls they're oh, yeah, stupid yeah, just... not good stock so i was wondering what the end game there was 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 it because evie wanted more members of the family or i just, I just think they were in the friends category she just wanted oh more i think things. What I got from it is I think that Evie wanted more and more family members, but that, again, we were talking about, like, willpower and susceptibility and stuff like that. The I think the Bakers, when they started out, were already naturally nurturing to Evie. They found this little girl lost in the forest, and they were nice to her, and it was a lot easier to kind of break them down into becoming a family unit around her, whereas they get these scared, random people that they kidnap those people freak out and fight back and try to try, try to run and escape and i and from what we can see like uh when we see alan on the ship evie turns him into a molded i think it's just a f- switch she flips because yeah. it's it's literally like a mold in their brain but, okay this is this is another thing that confused me because the cop the cop right yeah. dies he gets he gets a shovel through their head and he's dead but and then he's hanging up in the dissection room 
and he's already starting to turn. Like, so does this virus is able to reanimate dead bodies as Maybe. well and yeah, turn them probably. into molded? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that we would have probably ended up fighting him as a molded if well, Lucas, Lucas hadn't didn't decapitated cut off, him. Didn't t- yeah, yeah. take off his head. Um, so I was a little confused the, about what the. Or in the censored Japanese version, he doesn't remove his head and simply takes a photo of him and puts it in the fridge. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, okay. the it was really sad actually. Um, I was watching video of like the censorship differences between ours and theirs. Even their uncensored version, the the grotesque version, is still super duper oh, censored. Yeah. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't get his head uh, cut in half. Yeah, he doesn't get his head cut in half. He doesn't have his head removed, and. Uh, the scene where you have to reach down his throat to find the key. In Japan, the key's just sitting next to him on the table. Oh, boring. Yeah. But that's Japan. To, to jump back Maybe to the Maybe that's questions. why all of their horrible things are set in America, because if it were in Japan, it wouldn't really happen. <laughs> yeah. Jump back T- to the questions. Titties and tentacles, one. though. Yeah. A-okay. It's a violence? Nah. nah. No, get out of here. It's okay, well, we've got the opposite. Violence is okay, but don't yeah. dare show a nipple. Yep, don't show what's under your clothes. Bad. But, okay, anyway, Henkrim's question. Um, after playing through the game, what do you think future installments have in store, both how they portray the story and gameplay? Um, I'm going to use that to jump to the other question I had here for zombies. Um, I think Resident Evil 8 could extremely benefit from having, you know, better enemy variety um, and would be a great point to bring back zombies. Not that because, oh, I need Resident Evil to be like the originals again, but because zombies from that perspective with this gameplay would be really, really frightening. The molded were not my favorite aspect of the game. They felt very yeah. much like a leftover from Revelations, where they just got these these uh, cookie-cutter, stringy mass monsters that just, you know, ran at you and they had slight variations. I really didn't like them. Zombies, like something like that, a mix of zombies and... Especially combined with their kind of more personal storytelling, where it's getting into the aspect of like who these... Um, people were before they were turned into and turned into monsters. Really delving into that, I think, could also make a really good sad horror story. This in here, they actually there was a missed opportunity for humanoid enemies outside of the bakers because people were kidnapped. They were being transformed. Yeah, we could have seen midway points between you know human yeah. and molded as enemies. But th- this game probably oh, had man. a much smaller budget. They probably want to you know keep it keep it contained before they went crazy with yeah them. yeah prove there's actually still a market for it yeah. but wouldn't it have been fun to fight like three drunk college girls <laughs> oh my <laughs> just imagine that if they were like insane and covered in black goo and they kind of looked like and they were and they were all talking like marguerite like I'll, I'll fucking suck the blood out of your cock oh my god <laughs> okay <horrible. laughs> i don't think she said that she called him a shit cock though yeah hey, but I'm, like that sort of evil dead it. stuff though oh that'd be yeah, that could be funny and terrifying. <laughs> and they could do the toxic puke thing, and it would fit right in. Yeah. Oh, God, that'd be silly. Hey, how one of the other girls hold her hair back? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they my God, Becky, get him. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, I for, Resi- for Resident Evil 8, uh, definitely, just like this, build upon it. Um, Environment-wise, I think we could get away from uh, mansions and like homes i would be all up for a hive-esque like lab like a big structured lab that i'd be all for that that could be really fun 
That'd be a really good move from here, too. Like, I feel like getting on the helicopter, the next logical step would be to have the next one be in a completely different location Mm -hmm. and to have it be maybe inside of their laps. Like, I really wouldn't mind if they brought these two characters back. If, like, the canon ending was that they both survive and you get to play as them attempting to leave. Yeah, kind of like... Like um, their infection spreads or something. Like, start start Resident Evil 8, like, the same way that Assassin's Creed 2 starts. Like, it literally... Just, ends at the beginning. Of, yeah. yeah, it just continues and you're trying to escape from, from these laboratories. Um I really, really hope they bring Lucas and the whole like jigsaw aspect back. Oh yeah, yeah. Um I've made this joke a couple of times with CJ, but um I love the concept of just having a psychopath be in charge of the puzzles. It's a much better explanation for why there's these <laughs> puzzles everywhere rather than who an old... builds this shit <laughs> oh, but it's we a know better explanation the shadow doors <laughs> but it's a better it's explanation than an old person's idea of home security yeah like, <laughs> I, I don't i don't get that, that. he said it right as you have to be thinking it like you're just yeah. like who is building this shit and all of a sudden the character goes who builds this shit <laughs> yeah I and think... i want uh, why why like what they're normal people, right? But Jack had these things built back in '92, so it's he like, seems like he's what? rich and just bored. What was he going really on there? Well, it... Lego Eagles, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I uh, I completely forgot. Oh, I, another thing that I love from Ethan is uh, the very first time seeing the spider Marguerite going. Well, that's special. <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, it is special. I mean, it is It is one of those things. I, I had like, flashes of Leon from Resident Evil 4 with some of yeah. his comments. Like, that's not I groovy. That's not groovy. His self-talk was fucking great because he would say things like that and you're like, oh, wow. They must have had, like, I feel like they had to build it without any of that. Have somebody play and then just write in what they maybe that was. Maybe that's what Richard Piercy did. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he did a lot more than he got credit for. I feel like yeah. there's a lot of just... They did a really good job of making the Bakers feel like real. I'm gonna people. get you. I'm gonna yeah. get you. Like the dialogue, you know, they just it felt it felt so different from what they've done in the past. I, like it had they to made different... some fucking excellent characters here. They made yeah. characters that you actually are like the fuck is going on here, but also I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I was saying earlier is that I really feel for like the Sewer Gators crew. They feel fun and relatable and charming and the same thing with the bakers i mean like comparing like the the next best villain really in resident evil would be wesker and he he just talks crazy talk just you know with the fucking global uh, saturation yeah and fucking uh separating the chaff from the wheat um but i mean there's like there's such a huge difference between the kind of funny but also creepy stuff that um uh, Jack Baker will say, you know, Ethan, you know, I'm going to get you. And, and one of my favorites was, uh, I'm going to squash you, you like... You, you're afraid of an old man? Yeah, I, I'm going to squash you like a bug. Shit, hope Marguerite didn't hear that. <laughs> like, there's a huge difference between that and um, Wesker just going, there's no point in hiding. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just such a fun, lively universe. And again like why there were these shadow puzzles and stuff you know it's one of those things i've seen a lot of people ask are the is jack lying when he's saying that his family was totally fine and normal because well no i he mean had to, he had to be in though. denial 
Yeah, because he, Lucas was a psychopath. As yeah, Lucas a child. was a psychopath regardless of what happened. Yeah, he um, killed he killed a kid and like just let him die in the attic. Yeah, and someone's had to clean it up. <laughs> obviously, the mom knew because she took him to get his head checked out. Yeah. but and Zoe knew, but um, the dad also, must be in denial. I also wonder if there's any connection between the Bakers and maybe something that's happened before, considering that they have a portrait of the Arclay Mountains in their house as well. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it is it is, the... it is also possibly just an Easter egg. Yeah. It's it's um. It's not just a portrait of the Arclay Mountains. It's the exact same portrait that you see in Resident Evil 3 in the hospital. Um, so who knows? There's a lot of Resident Evil Easter eggs, like the bleep bloop sounds and stuff like that. So, uh, Okay. I, okay. Speaking about like bodies, what, the D-arm, child's body, who, what was that? Was that just from the ship, the whole body? Or yeah, I'm, what? I'm assuming that the, the all the bodies and like the little tiny mummy babies and things, I think that they're ostensibly dead Evelyns. Like, okay, okay, yeah, that makes the, sense. So Evelyn got the bakers to get that body off the ship? Yeah, I'm assuming so. Okay. Okay, because I was wondering who's that little kid in that old house. It just yeah. okay, because the other ones were like little in little fetal positions in a little yeah, they're suitcase. Little, yeah, they're like little. But babies. this one was like kind of a size of a ten year old. So yeah, uh, I want to jump to Destiny. You have a question that'd be great for what do we think Resident Evil Seven you know should change or have? Okay, I do want to get one point in just because I okay. always feel bad talking over people. Um, fun fact: if you are looking from the year two thousand forward. To this point, Louisiana actually has the most serial killers oh. and most serial murders out of any state. So that, to me, as someone from there, is completely fucking yeah. They're just weird <laughs> people. Like there, there's not much else to do, and we're used to that. So fuck it, yeah. No, he's a serial killer. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, they were fairly normal by Louisiana standards. So, <laughs> well, best of two. <laughs> um. So we had a question from Alcos. Is if you could add something to Resident Evil Seven, a feature, a weapon, an area, a plot point, whatever you want, what would it be? Also, what would you remove? I know the blood effect is probably yes. a high contender for that question. You know, CJ actually loves the blood effect. I it's hate his it. Favorite. God, it, it makes it, every me want time, to heal every time I get hit. Every every time CJ sees it, he just immediately wants just tons of ketchup. Well, you can tone it down a bit, but That's, yeah, it's got, it got in the way. I CJ can't even imagine. On. I can't even imagine what it looks like on high because. It's awful to me on low. I'm not going to turn I, it on. I can't see anymore. I can't. So, my view. so I played. I played Resident Evil Seven on my TV. I bought a new TV for Black Friday. Has HDR. The game looks fantastic in HDR. And this isn't even like good quality HDR. I got a Vizio budget 4K TV. But my God, the coloring. The coloring is amazing. The light. The brightness. But because it's so tuned to having specific brightness settings dark areas are really really dark and you need to have light sources with that red effect i can't see shit while i'm playing that game on my tv and it sucks because everything else in the middle of the screen looks amazing it's really i shitty will effect. say if i were going to remove anything it would also be the blood effect um i've mentioned it a lot lately but i'm going back and forth between playing resident evil and witcher 3 mm-hmm. there are enemies in witcher 3 that have that same effect as an attack like they mm. block your ability to see by throwing shit at the screen and it blocks off where you can see. And so the first time that happened to me when I was in, like I was injured in uh, Resident Evil, I was like, 
I just played another game where this was a thing that they did to make it harder. What the fuck? I, I, I'm also saying I just feel like there's a million and one different ways to um, communicate to the player that they're really badly injured. Like um, the wristwatch thing? Like the wristwatch. Something I really wish that they had done um, is the Fatal Frame Silent Hill thing where the controller will have a heartbeat. And the heartbeat will get faster and faster the more and more. Yeah, hard you I are. really feel like people have forgotten. Like they obviously haven't because you will feel it at random times. They have forgotten that you can use the vibration on the controls for things that are not jumping. I'm aware I just hit the ground after jumping. You're not adding Dude. to my experience by that. Use it for something useful. I don't need to know I jumped. I pushed the button. For Do that. they use the PS4 light at all? No, the PS4 light just stays orange. What? Oh, missed opportunity. Yeah, the only game that I think I've played where the light actually changes colors is, uh, believe it or not, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Oh. Tomb Raider uses it. It flickers if you've got your torch on. That's, mm. that's all right. Oh, oh, and um, it changes colors in Dead Rising. I've been playing mm. Dead Rising 1 on PS4, and it goes from green to red, depending on your health. Huh. I feel um, like everybody's still des- developing and designing for the controllers that died out with the PS3. Nah. If uh, we're talking about things we would want to add, I, I wanted more videotapes. Yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. I was really su- considering how heavily that was marketed. I was really surprised that there was only four, and one of them is arguably a hallucination. I was actually going back to the thing where if you reuse too much of your marketing material, I was actually really agitated that one of them was the lantern demo. I was like, I've already yeah. seen this. This is actually agitating that I've got to play through this. I already know exactly how to play through this because I have watched someone do it before the game was released. See, but imagine if they did that like five more times, which is they, what they did with every other Resident Evil game. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. if, uh, if it had been marketed like Resident Evil 6, first of all, we would have seen the ending of the game. <laughs> and... And second, yeah, we would have also seen probably most of the ship tape. We probably would have seen the entirety of the birthday tape. Um, yeah, I mean, it, as such as it is, I'm glad that we got what we got. It did seem like it was a really strange choice to make that Lantern demo of all things one of their marketing demos, considering it's really unrepresentative of the game. I mean, that's the only real hide-and-seek moment of the entire game. Right? I think that's what they were going for, though, is that they didn't want to give away the entire game, but they pulled all of that like yes it is one section you're not giving away the whole game and it's already pre-contained for you so on one hand it makes sense but on the other hand for the total runtime of the game it was kind of annoying yeah i mean it's it's one of the reasons that i haven't i mean i've played um can you still hear me yeah yes Yes. okay my power just flickered um it's uh, it's hell and out rain outside. Uh-oh. Um, but uh, that was one of my um, that's one of my problems. It's I've played the game six or seven times now across both Xbox and PlayStation. I really haven't felt a desire to go back and watch the tapes. Just yeah, because yeah. they feel more like tools to figure out something. Well, that's coming I, up. I was gonna bring that up. Like I thought it was a kind of a neat mechanic to kind of give you a preview of the area you were going to go into next and what you might have to face like with the birthday tape i mean you watch that and you know not you can just bypass like half of his traps um i i thought it was a neat mechanic and i'm surprised it wasn't it wasn't used more i guess yeah 
I guess that's the, the DLC pass. then. Yeah, that's the DLC pass. stuff. Yeah. I mean, the DLC, like even then, it's they aren't videotapes like more videotapes that you can pick up in game. It's an entirely separate menu that simply uses the VHS effect as its loading screen. Yeah. Um. I mean, like I think it would have been really neat if it was just you went into the game and there was now a new VHS tape in your item box, but. No, it's a whole separate menu. Um, it's like an extras menu, and there's one that's um, the band footage menu, which is all the VHS tapes, like Bedroom and the upcoming ones, like uh, Twenty One and Sisters. And then there's the uh, and then there's just Ethan Must Die as one of the options. Fuck Ethan. Um, if I could add anything, honestly, it would be I would love to have a DLC playing Evie on the ship. Huh. Mm. Like. I I really think it would be fun to be able to play from the opposite perspective, especially since they gave you a character who, ostensibly, if we're going to believe her, really just wanted a family. So to play from the perspective of an absolutely batshit, insane little girl who doesn't understand what's going on. It would be really interesting to see from her perspective and see if maybe they, they could do something creative like how um, the Little Sisters in Bioshock 2 saw the world. Uh, if any of you guys remember that in Bioshock 2, you actually get to play as a little sister for like an hour or so. And the little sisters don't see rapture. They see heaven. Everything yeah, is just, gold and beautiful and bright. Maybe she just they fucks everybody like by giving them fungus. Well, that's that's the thing that I think really clued me in is that um, everyone thought that, that Evie was being malicious and evil and, and, and awful. And she is. But I don't think that Evie thought of it that way. I think the most telling thing is when you stab her at the end, she says, why does everybody hate me? I don't think she ever understood what was going on. Yeah, and I mean, she's just a kid. Like, that is... Yeah, this, if this there were be... something even a little less evil to it, it would have been to use an adult. But instead, a kid. No, it's Umbrella, the most there evil things really... on the planet. Some really good tragic moments in the in the game, like the like Jack saying, "No, no, no, no it's just me. I'm not going to hurt you." And then he tells you the story. You can just see their body language and how they've yeah. how they were tormented by the situation. And yeah, the it really there's... was. It's a sad story. Like I'm glad they managed to do that because a lot of the time in these kinds of games, what you get is a story where you're just like, "Oh, well, I'm not that connected to the characters," and also everybody in here is an asshole except for this one guy. And in this one, it's like. Everybody in here is an asshole, but they went with the more realistic route of everybody in here thought they were doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just really impressive writing by Resident Evil standards. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's just, it's not the what, best story I've ever seen in the video game, but for a Resident Evil game, it knocked it out of the park. It did I, everything I mean, that I, I, I love this franchise. I own the books, I own the movies, I own the comics, but... I mean, even I can say the stories are generally pretty terrible. And this you one know, was actually good. I do wish the story had started a little earlier. I feel like you get halfway through the game before the story comes in. Like, there's a very long buildup in which it is just basically I, making your way to the story. I absolutely love that, though. I love I love build But the story like was there in the background. You I, had to pay attention. Yeah, I, I really... I will, I'll, I'll say I think it's too best of both worlds is that i really do love a game that has an actual opening it's one of my biggest issues with the tomb raider reboot it was one of my issues with resident evil 6 i'm really sick of games that just 
start. Yep, that's exactly um, what I'm writing about, about about something that's coming uh, in later this week. I will say that um, if I had any problem with it, it's just on replays. It's a really, really long section to get through for mm. replaying the game multiple times. Especially, like, I've beaten the game in about two hours now, and... Christ, a good 30 minutes of those two hours is just that opening sequence because there's no way to make it go faster. There's, there's. Well, and I think that's my problem is it's not that I don't want it to have a build-up. It's, it, you've already kind of got your entire list of questions for the game by the time you get around to getting any answers. I feel like they could have made the build-up half as long and then put the rest of it throughout the game because once you get to the latter half of the game... It has places Holy where it feels Christ. like there's never a chance to stop. And I'm like, this could have been balanced a little better. Uh, just to let you guys know, if I suddenly cut out, it is fucking... Electricity is going crazy. Electricity is going crazy, and the storm is <laughs> rattling my windows. Oh, we, we should get close to wrapping up anyways. Any any other topics you guys really want to hit on before we close? We have a I whole, mean, a whole I, bunch as of... somebody from Louisiana, I do want to point out real quick that... Uh, Zoe is not from Louisiana. She has a Zoe the wrong accent. <laughs> that it's is so the funny. fakest fucking accent so, I've ever heard. So here's the thing, though. As somebody from Louisiana, that would flag you immediately as being <laughs> from Georgia. Well, at, like, least it's, ah! at least it's not as bad as like Spaniards having Mexican accent accents in, <laughs> in Resident Evil 4. It's so funny because people, that's always the go-to southern accent and anytime they go for, like, and this is in movies and television shows. How do you feel shows, about Francis Underwood? Ugh. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying though, is everybody just immediately goes, the most southern accent you can imagine because we're going for Louisiana and that's the south and then they always go, so really I need you to sound like you're from 1892 Atlanta. Yeah. Also, like I feel like her whole like voice itself changes at certain points. Like the actress she couldn't does keep it consistent. Her accent a lot, but it's like the funny thing to me is I'm so used to hearing myself, so I don't hear it in my own voice anymore. But this is what you sound like when you're from Louisiana. So it's what the hell is this? Why? <laughs> Why is she from Atlanta? What happened? Well, she Why was a is rebel. she in the swamp? <laughs> she was a rebel. She wanted a different accent than her family. I don't know. <laughs> Um, um. Who did you Who did you guys choose? Mia. I, I always chose Mia. I like. I still found that there was a really light dynamic between um, Ethan and Mia for them being married and her being gone for three years. It felt like she was more like a girlfriend than a wife. It was just like, yeah, Mia, what was going on here? What are you? It's like you should, yeah. So you sound you should sound like a little more concerned for your wife, not just like it, yeah. it sounds like they had a relationship yeah, that lasted a couple of months instead when of you years. First see her again his reaction is just like mia instead of like oh my god honey sweetie yeah exactly yeah. i love you enough to come down here based on a simple like one line maybe you're alive <laughs> kind of thing but i do not love you enough to give you a hug right now yeah right well i you saw gross. people i saw people online getting mad because a lot of them picked zoe because they thought well, she's the actually one that's trying to help us. Why would no, she's Capcom thing? I, I, I was just wondering when I was playing, I was like, she's gonna double cross me at some point. She's using me to get these items. She's not really on my side. I never got that like connection with her. I thought it was a big duh to you that you're gonna have to pick Mia if you want to have the good ending. It's your fucking wife. Yeah. I mean, why would hey. you choose some weird stranger lady? <laughs> hey, Rourke, did you ever choose Zoe? 
I mean, yeah, I chose her on my second playthrough. Just I chose her on my second playthrough. Bay over Bay, Rourke. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah. I chose. I chose, I chose, I chose Bay, Bay over Bay. I chose Bay over Bay. Yeah, I chose Mia on my first on my first playthrough. I'm not ever going to choose fucking Warren, the the fucking serial killer stalker. No. I chose strange. Warren. He's got that cake though, Rourke. What are you talking about? Uh. <laughs> Uh, but but he loves you. Fucking the only thing he can think of to talk to me about is fucking horror movies and whether That's or not I want to go. Do. Ape That's with so him. hypocritical. I know. <laughs> we would love that in a partner. Um, but it's the only thing he wants to talk about, though. Only ever. It's it, the only thing he can think of is to try to throw movies at me. <laughs> Whereas Chloe, she's cool. She she has she stole her dad's gun. Oh boy! <laughs> and then immediately uh, shot herself. <laughs> Uh, Whitney, do you have any last topics you want to hit before we close? Uh, I get, we didn't really talk about the collector's editions. I don't know if we really wanted to go into that. Um, I don't think we'd really have to. I mean, I, I'll quickly say the since I unboxed the U.S. one, $180 worth. I am not entirely sure. If it came with the season pass, it would be much easier to recommend just because that's a bunch of content. Wait, uh, I haven't looked that far into the collector's edition because I'm just going to buy the coffee cup later. It doesn't come with the season pass for almost two hundred dollars. No. What the fuck? Yeah, that's what I thought. It does. It does give you a finger though. The finger in the house are nice. Everything else yeah, is kind of just superfluous. I don't care about a tape. The fucking finger. Or the of- uh, uh, neither neither collector's edition came with the season pass. <laughs> but oh, CJ, God. CJ, don't you really love that glossy photograph that it comes with? I was like. This would be the best thing to get signed, but I'm probably never going to be in that situation, so I don't really need this. Yeah, I desperately, desperately want that finger, and I really hope that the, Capcom makes it separately. But yeah, it's that. Does the thing not is, at least so, uh, at least we actually got the collector's edition. Some people got their orders canceled because uh, Nintendo helped Capcom out this time. That's why. Oh, haha! Because they're yeah, they're they're terrible at they're stock problems. <laughs> yeah, I, I've already made my decision. As much as I want a Nintendo Switch, I'm just going to wait, get one in like 2018, 2019. You know, I've got a fucking PlayStation Vita and all of four games for it, so I think I'm going to stay the fuck away from that problem again. That is your choice. The Vita has a lot of games if you like boobies and anime. <laughs> I keep trying. You know, I do like boobies, but I tend to like them in person a little more, so... <laughs> 2D better than 3D, bro. I keep finding <laughs> games that like I really want to like. I got a game called um, Amnesia, not like the horror game, but yeah, I have it. I haven't yeah. played it yet, though. It's not a game. It's, it's a visual novel. Yeah, I, Phoenix Wright is a visual novel, and I can do stuff in that. This, it's, I'm, it's literally a visual novel. There's no interaction. Yeah. That that's quite an abundant genre on the Vita. Oh Christ! It's not for everyone, but off topic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, to, to close if anyone no one else has anything else um, thank you everyone for listening to the latest episode of Whispers in the Dark I hope you enjoyed um, our thoughts on Resident Evil 7 hopefully you enjoyed the game too if you didn't um, thanks for listening anyway um, as always go to relyonhorror.com for horror gaming coverage you can rely on I'm going to have to say that slogan for now because it rings with the whole closing bit I do now <clears throat> go to our social media channels and if you feel so inclined, please back us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month to support all of us as um, the staff members of the site. Help us get some money in our wallets and give you guys some better content because this is a hobby that relies on consumer products and that can get expensive. <laughs> um, so yeah, just do all that. Follow all those links. Check out our channels and 
talk to us on Twitter. We love talking to you guys. Yeah. Hit us up before you go, go. Bye. 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 Yo, come back now, you hear? Get your ass back in the house. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.